his way in our lives. Amen. Proverbs chapter 31. We want to look at verse 10 to verse 12. A preacher wanted to get the intention of his congregation. So he announced to them, some of the best years of my life were in the arms of another man's wife. There was a, <gasps> he said, my mother. His mother? Okay, all right. I want to approach this message this morning with Pastor Harold Warner's help and insight with a keen awareness of a number of things that we could speak about our sisters, the women in this church, our wives and mothers. First thing to say about women and wives and mothers is that her role in these last 30 years has come under intense assault. Anything traditional that we would say is traditional much rooted in the Bible, has become so assaulted that many of our young uh, ladies struggle uh, to, to see and understand their role and calling by God. And biblical marriage today has been pushed to the marginal fringe. So women are under assault not just the definition of a woman, which is another sermon that we need to preach on soon. We do know who women are, don't we? We know, we know, praise the Lord. We, amen. Pastor Mitchell, whenever he was, oh gosh, I, I hope this morning's not going to be like this. I, I feel myself just going off on, on all. I guess it means I'm relaxed, but uh, good luck, hold on. This could be long. But I remember Pastor Mitchell, if you ever used to preach... <laughs> He used to preach a sermon. He was he was going to either correct the sisters in the church, or he's going to bring a he's going to bring a truth home. He'd say, "I love women." He said, "I I, I have I, I love my mother. I love my wife." And he just anyway, never mind. It doesn't matter. Anyway, his her role is under assault. Her immense capacity, a woman's capacity to influence for either good or bad. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pull it down, pulls it down with her hands. Now most women don't set out to tear down her husband or a home, but without wisdom that is often the result. Because the point is, in the heart of a woman, God has placed the power to probably do more, to be more either a blessing, she can be more of a support to her husband than any other person on the planet. Or she can sabotage him. In a woman's heart is the balance of power. Irrespective of the world's view, what is clearly seen in our text is God's call and commendation of a godly woman, a wife and a mother, and his conclusion is, when you find a good woman, and there are, there are uh, young ladies here that are not yet married, and uh, um, 
you know, I, I want you to, to understand womanhood. I want you to see the essence of it and walk in the blessing of it uh, because the Bible says that a good woman, her price is far above rubies. So we want to look this morning at the heart that makes the home from Proverbs chapter 31 beginning with verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies, the heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. I want to look with you first of all at the calling to be a helper. Now that need was clearly established from the beginning of time. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 and the Lord God said it is not good that man should be alone I will make him a helper comparable to him the diagnosis was simple God looked at Adam his creation a perfect man a good man a strong man an intellectual man but yet God says he doesn't he doesn't have enough to do this alone. And most men would admit that. Most men would admit that they wrestle with life. As strong as they may be or seem, with the abilities that they have, the, uh, uh, the intellect, perhaps the strength, or, or what, what the talents and the abilities, most men would be honest enough to say that they wrestle in life. They wrestle with insecurities, pressures, sometimes the responsibilities, and they need help. A week and a half ago, it was my auntie's funeral, and I went along to that, and uh, I was sitting there, and my uncle is an, is, was, is an incredibly successful man. Uh, yeah, very, very successful. They are both were both a lovely couple. And as I listened to what was being spoken about my auntie, it was very clear to me, and it kind of made me just reflect again, because it became very clear to me that my uncle, in all of his success, traveling the world, doing what he did, he needed my auntie by his side. So many men that I would talk to, friends, brothers, pastors, would testify of the same thing. I could not do this without my wife and her help. Ukraine is crying out for help. Help is a big word. That's not a light thing. I need help. I can't do this alone. I can't, uh, uh, we, 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 we need, without you, I need help. Ukraine is crying out, uh, and many of us as parents and spouses and bosses and older saints understand that love is supportive. Love encourages it uplifts, and the Bible is clear that a woman has within her ability, a wife is unpacked.
unparalleled in this God-given capacity. And in verse 12 says, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. The Living Bible says, she will not hinder him, but help him all of his life. That's the testimony of a wife of noble character. Now, some people, unless they understand, have a have a a, a, a pushback when when a woman is told that God created you to be a helper. It doesn't sound very noble to some women's ears. It doesn't sound very exciting. It doesn't sound very valuable. It sounds almost like. I don't know, you're on a lower level, you're a gopher, that somehow the only one that benefits in the relationship is the man because he has a helper. But yet, as I've already stated, help is a very powerful word. It's a strong biblical word. A helper is one whose own strength whose own ability is, is, is able to compensate for the inadequacy of another. A helper provides, protects, intervenes, delivers. In fact, in some Greek literature, this word helper, the, the Hebrew word and the Greek word, the Greek word was used to describe military assistance of a strong army coming to the aid of an endangered ally, which fits with our description this morning of Ukraine's cry. Help. It's a powerful word, and in fact, God says that, 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 that a, a wife, a woman, was created to be a helper, and that word is literally the same, is the same word to describe and used of the role of God himself. So next time you hear this world uh, put that down, somehow you're second class or somehow you're just being used, remember God says, I'm a helper. Just remember, God says, listen, I know men need help. I know people need help. They're not going to make it without me. And he uses that word to describe, and the Bible says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, Psalms 121, from whence comes my help. I'm in a desperate situation. My help comes from the Lord. Hebrews 13, 6 So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I have a helper that empowers me that that no matter what man does, I've got God as my help. And God takes that same word and when he created woman, he said she is going to have this ability to strengthen another. She's going to have this innate ability to to come alongside and to to bring courage to another, to bring strength to another. And God said, I'm going to make a wife, a, a, a helper suitable. So we're talking about not just some, this is not God saying you'll be some sort of living maid, some, some simple housekeeper, but perfectly suited. And so therefore, If this is what our Creator says, a woman who enters into marriage and sets her mind 
to the dignity of this role, she is going to step into something that God has ordained and God has uh, uh, put upon a blessing. A woman, and I know the world pushes against it and pushes against it, which is why today so many women can't understand why they're, they're married and they're pursuing everything else that the world tells them. Success this, success that, doing this, and yet there's still something desperately wrong on the inside because she's never understood, never grasped that in the role God intended and in this ability to help her husband, uh, she can thrive. She finds a fulfillment and a blessing. And in fact, the home created is going to be something special for not just her husband, but for herself to enjoy. So that brings us to the domain of the home maker and you can see in the last 30 years how this and and the role of a woman and I am looking forward to I must say preach and I need to get it together on, on a woman being a woman I, 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 it's amazing isn't it? you have to actually d- define it we are going to define and readjust but 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 it shows you the intensity of the attack upon the family this is hell because when the family disintegrates or gets confused and, and, and that affects society, we were created in the image of God. We were made by God and so there is an assault. One, in the economic pressures that families have to wrestle with and I understand that. The constant ridicule, the demeaning con- comments uh, and the cultural shifts. Uh, today, If you stay at home as a mother, a housewife, a homemaker, uh, uh, underlining is the fact you must be lazy or some household slave. It's seen as anything but fulfilling, challenging, and vital. Helen Ellis, who was a, I've never heard of Helen Ellis, I must confess, but as I was uh, uh, looking at this, uh, she's an American novelist. I've no idea if she's good or bad, but she, she has authored uh, two published novels along with a short story collection and a forthcoming collection of essays. She's also a poker player who competes on the national uh, uh, tournament circuit. So, okay, okay, she's, she's raised in Alabama. She lives with her husband in New York City. Helen Ellis's new short story, collection story, uh, American Housewife, is a savagely funny and absorbing look at domestic, domesticity and the extreme variety. You know, sometimes people can write just incredibly funny, funny uh, 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 books and uh, if Kathleen, if you're watching, I think you should write a book. I've said it since you were 15 years old. But anyway, if you're watching, it's for you again. Anyway, this is the, this is the, uh, uh, she could be a millionaire. I believe that. The church needs your tithe, Kathleen. Okay, all right, I'm going back, sorry. Okay. Helen Ellis is an American. I've said that. So listen, she said, I shred cheese. I berate a pickle jar. I pump the salad spinner like a CPR dummy. I strangle defrosted spinach and soak things in brandy. Okay. I casserole. I. 
Don't look at Christine Crosdale at all. I, I strangle defrosted spinach and soak things in brandy. I casserole, I pinwheel, I toothpick, I bacon. I iron a tablecloth and think about eating lint from the dryer. But think, but then think better of that because I am sane. I rearrange furniture like a lathanderol. I mayonnaise water rings. I level picture frames. She says, my idea of old school house whiffery is I love Lucy. I live in a, an apartment, I cook and I clean. I see friends, I see my husband. I live a quiet 1950s life without the sexism or racism. My home is my pride, my home is art. My home is my kingdom, my home is my domain. It's my turf, it's just a contained place that I like to be. Here's this woman, a poker player, doing all, you know, husband looks at her, and, and yet she says, above all of this, my home is my domain. You know, there's something about a woman's touch. There's something about a woman's spirit in a home. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, you can go into a single man's house. Uh, he can be tidy. And it's still something missing. My, my father, my dad was a, was a organized, everything, you know, place. Everything was, you know, clean. Uh, uh, but I remember after my mother passed and went home and went into the house and it just, it wasn't just I missed my mother, there was something missing. There was just something not there. It's an atmosphere. I don't know how women do it. I, men can put something there and it, it just feels like it's just been put there. You know, like, okay, we need a picture. What do we do? We just put a, you know, it just, it looks like that. I don't know why. But somehow a woman has a gift and an ability and there's something that God says she is actually a gifted overseer. And in our text, verse 27, it says she watches over the ways of her household. Psalms, uh, Proverbs 31, verse 27. She is commissioned by God to exercise this competence this ability, this, this uh, uh, expertise in the domain of her home. It's not the picture of some cramped, uh, 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 subdued uh, uh, underclass, but a need and a gift of competence, resourcefulness, because many times there's not a lot of money, how she puts it together, her creativity, uh, and the Bible speaks about her being a gifted uh, overseer of her home the bible words in titus chapter 2 verse 4 to 5 says that they admonish this is the older women in the church admonish the young women to love their husbands to love their children to be discreet chaste homemakers good obedient to their own husbands that the word of god may not be blasphemed and one translation says we should be encouraging one another to be homemakers or literally keepers at home or to guard the home now that doesn't mean that she can't do things outside the home because if you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, perfect uh, woman of virtue, she's, uh, she's moving and shaking, she's making things happen. But, but what the Bible is saying is the home is where her influence is felt the most. You can be a mover and a shaker, and God bless you. 
You can have uh, fingers in other pies. You can, you can all of these things. But I can tell you this. By the word of God, the influence of where you are most needed and the greater is your home. And I desire that younger women, widows marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. 1 Timothy 5.14, literally guide the house. We talk about male leadership. But in our text here, it's talking about the woman's ability to manage to guide, to take care. As I said, we understand that that uh, a Proverbs 31 wife is involved outside the home. This woman was buying and selling uh, and doing things and cloth and all sorts of things. She's, but all of that was for the benefit of her house. Uh, but you understand, uh, but by making her husband and her children her priority, that they receive the best of her energies and attention. She became the unifying force of the home. That's, an, that's a powerful thing. Literally, as, as, as uh, I've, I've mentioned before, Alina, uh, 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 I think it was, wrote a card many years ago and said to Carol, uh, her mum, and said, Mum, you're the glue that holds our home together. Now, when it was first read out, I'm like, hey, excuse me. But as I think about it and acknowledge, it's absolutely true. Because a woman has that ability, her connectivity, her focus, her ability. Uh, and, and we know there are lots of things that seek to assault and tear. And there's something about her. Uh, uh, she becomes a unit. Proverbs uh, uh, 1 verse 8, My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother because family is God's basic school which is why it's under assault. Because God intended that the family would be where we would learn our values. We would learn right and wrong. We would learn what's important in life, what's not, how to handle people, how to get through life, how to be a success, how to follow God. That would be, there's so much in that, uh, how to live in this world and be prepared for the next. Pastor Warner expounded uh, that and he said her core value is spiritual. Her core value is a woman's fear of the Lord. Her chief concern is her character. Her central commitment is her family. And her personal competence is invested in the will of God. And a woman who looks after her family is not a wasted woman but in fact in line for great testimony because in our text it says her children and those of us that had good mothers will never forget her. Those of you that have had a mother take care of you. Her children rise up and call her blessed. When her work colleagues have moved on, when gold and silver has passed away, her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also and he praises her many daughters have done well but you 
excel them all. I close by looking at the creation of a haven. So what we've looked at, we've looked at the calling to be a helper. What a powerful word that is. God looks at the strongest man that ever lived. I'm talking about physical strength. I'm talking about perfect, strong, intelligent, amazing man, Adam. And yet God said, no, he ain't going to make it. He ain't going to make it without a helper. That's the power of a woman. And then we have, we've looked at that and we've then considered uh, as we've worked our way through this uh, 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 text uh, and worked our way through this message that the domain or the domain of the home and uh, the homemaker. Now I want to talk about the creation of a haven that comes from her heart. I don't know. And I've had this conversation over the years with different pastors and friends and brothers uh, that have discussed the joy about their home being a refuge. It, it, it is so unbelievably valuable to have a home that is a place of rest, a haven from the storm, a place where you can go to and just, I don't know about chill, but just find peace. And, and the men that I spoke to will all many of them will say it's because of their wife that that because of her heart he's able to lay aside the troubles the battles the assaults of the day all that undermines him all that assaults him it is the place that you go to where you're accepted that you can be who you are without fear of rejection humiliation or put down our text says the heart of her husband safely trusts her she is not going to hurt me I'm not working while she's spending she's not tearing down what I'm trying to build. We're on the same page. We might not have everything perfect, but when you go home, you do not enter into a storm of frustration, discontent, and complaining. I feel so sorry for the man who is married to connected to a woman who constantly is negative. That he doesn't go home and just feel small compared to every other brother in the church. She's on my side. I can trust her with my heart with all my weaknesses, with all my frailties and the attempts that we try to do and it doesn't quite work. Not felt like an idiot. Pastor Warner described respect as tender affection and loyal support. She is your biggest cheerleader. And the Bible says, oh, what a woman. 
that his heart, he safely trusts her. There's a full confidence with her heart, with his heart, and who I am in the storm, I can go to her. She doesn't crush me. In fact, the opposite. She gives me inner strength and confidence. The Bible says the heart of her husband safely trusts her so he will have no lack of gain. Now, I, I was studying that uh, 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 Hebrew uh, and no lack of gain. The word gain is the, is the Hebrew word uh, uh, sholal. It means to plunder, let fall, make self a prey of purpose, make a, take a spoil. With her, he has everything he needs. He lacks no plunder. It's a military image. And as I was thinking, trying to get my head around that, God, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means that everything a man fights for, and every man in the house would secretly inside say, Amen, Pastor. He fights for respect. He fights for honor. He fights for a sense of achievement, the ability to conquer. He fights for strength. And the Bible says this woman gives it to him, that he doesn't have to fight for it elsewhere. She's trustworthy, she's on his side. And as I, again, as I was trying to work out what this meant, God, I know it was God because I'm not trying to be too super spiritual. He gave me this scripture and, and I looked at it and I couldn't make sense of it. So I, 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 it must just be me. And I kind of moved on. I kept trying to go elsewhere and then my internet crashed. And I couldn't get back. I couldn't get back. And as I'm trying to get what's the matter with my computer, I have to call Rapture again. You know, trying to, trying to work it. And, and, and then I... What about that scripture? I said, you know, I'm going to go back to that scripture. And it all came back on. So I don't know if I'm being super spiritual or not, but I went and I felt God led me to this scripture. So I'm trying to work out all that this means, that a woman can be someone that a husband can trust with his heart. And then as the Bible says, uh, uh, everything, the, 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 the war's over, if you like. He's, he, he's getting what he needs from his wife. He led me to Jeremiah 31. It's, it's the chapter on the fall of Jerusalem. It's a brutal chapter uh, about the Babylonians. It's kind of like as Russia's coming in to the Ukrainian cities. You're talking about the fear. You're talking about the death. You're talking about the subjugation. Exactly, the Babylonians came into Jerusalem, wiped it uh, out, uh, took all the people like uh, they're saying in some areas the Russians have done. Uh, they're taking the people out of the city and taking them back. That's what the Babylonians did to Jerusalem. They, they annihilated and just left people they had no time for, the poor, the weak, uh, the worthless, uh, and left them in Jerusalem uh, and took anybody that they considered of any value and there was fire and destruction and it was a terrible scene and then the invaders come upon Jeremiah in the prison hole, the prophet and they have been told to, by the king of Babylon to treat him well 
God took care of his prophet in the, in the prison cell as the Babylonians came in. But in the end of this chapter, we find another character, an Ethiopian man called Ebed-Melech. Jeremiah 31, I want to read it to you. I apologize for the time, but let me, I'm closing in a minute. It says, Meanwhile, the word of the Lord had come to Jeremiah while he was shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Go and speak to Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring my words upon this city for adversity and not for good, and they shall be performed in that day before you. But I will deliver you in that day, says the Lord, and you shall not be given into the hand of the men of whom you are afraid. Ebed Melech, these Babylonians are coming in. You know, you can hear them. You know they're above you. They're raising the city. They're, they're after people, they're killing, they're burning, they're taking captive, uh, you're trembling. Uh, and God says, I've got a word for you, Ebeda uh, Melech. Uh, uh, you will not be given into the hand of the men of whom you're afraid, for I will surely deliver you, and you shall not fall by the sword. Now this is the, this is the statement. But your life shall be as a prize to you because you've put your trust in me, says the Lord. Your life shall be as a prize to you because you trusted me. That word prize is the same Hebrew word. One translation says, but thy life shall be for a prey unto thee. It's the same word. This man is no doubt full of fear. Because you've trusted me, God says, your life is going to be yours. It's your prize. You've won it. It's a huge battle that you've been in, but you've trusted and you've gained it. I cannot think of a more powerful picture of a godly wife, a mother, and a homemaker because you become like God to a man under siege. He doesn't have to keep fighting to prove something to the world. He doesn't have to live up to something that's unattainable. He has found it in you. A woman he can trust with his labor, his weakness, his heart. And no wonder he looks at his helper, he looks at his home, and he looks at the woman that has made such a difference to him. And he says of her, she's worth far more than rubies. Let's bow our heads together. Our heads are, uh, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. God bless you as we're waiting in the presence of God. I pray by the word of God that the strongholds and the lies of this world that undermine women will be cast down. That every single woman in the house would have a sense of worth, would have a sense of understanding of her potential and who she is before God, a powerful being that has a gifting and an ability to make a difference to those around her. And if and when that young woman steps into marriage, do not listen to the lies of the enemy and to that which assaults you. And some men here need to understand too. 
because in this environment you can flourish and you're in this place and God's speaking to you and I want to pray a blessing upon every home and every mother, every wife, every godly woman. I want to pray for, for those that are, that are uh, in our congregation. You want to be a godly woman where you're at right now today. You might be young. Say, it doesn't matter who, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live how God created me to be. What a, what a comment by Pastor Warner as he described a, a, a godly woman and, and, and made the point. He said her core value is her spirituality, her fear of the Lord. Her chief concern is her character. Her central commitment is her family and her personal competence. All the giftings that God has given you, sister, all the abilities is invested in the will of God. This church also needs your gifting. People around you need your gifting. If you're in this place and God's speaking to you, I pray He strengthens you and strengthens your home. But I want to ask those of you that are visiting, maybe you're online, there's going to be a prayer that's going to come up on the screen. And if you realize you need Christ, I encourage you to pray that prayer with all of your heart and to commit yourself to the Lord. You're in the building today. Uh, this world is absolutely, it, it's, it's gone nuts. The pain that people carry the sense of emptiness. They're, they're fighting and fighting. Oh, uh, sister, uh, last, last night, uh, uh, Jennifer Williams stood uh, and gave a testimony and spoke. And uh, here she was as a single mother coming to this church 30-odd years ago. And uh, she felt that she, she served the gospel of independence, she described it as. I'm going to take care of my son. And she was spinning a lot of a lot of plates trying to get through life as a strong woman to raise her son in a dangerous world. And then she realized she hardly had time to breathe. So many people are like that. You have no time to breathe. Sin, guilt, it, when you involve yourself in sin, it, it confuses and complicates life. And now you're facing things you shouldn't have had to face. You're feeling things you shouldn't have had to feel. It's complicated now. It's dark. It's deep. And I want to tell you, God wants to help you breathe. And one of the ways He wants to help you breathe is to take off your sin. To forgive you for the damage. You say, I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to follow Christ. And if you're in this place and you, 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 something on the inside, say, I don't care what people say. I know God's calling me. I need to live a different way. I want to turn away from my sin and my disobedience to God. I want to follow Him. I want you to put your hand in the air. You're on the balcony and you'd say, I have no rest in my soul. You might be highly successful. You might have money. You might have career. You might have fame. You might have a lot of things, but you have no peace sin and the failings say God I need you I want you to put your hand he wants to be your helper if you're down here below you'd say that's I need a helper I need God I want you to t I want you to put your hand in the air someone will come and pray with you if you'll put your hand in the air quickly come on put your hand in the air 
Don't be afraid. Most people have done that in this building. Come on, put your hand in the air and say, I need to come to the Lord. I know I'm here for a reason. God's drawn me. Last call I'm going to make. Last call I'm going to make. Anyone, quickly? I want to get right with God. Then let's stand in this building. Can we all stand together? We want to give people an opportunity. If we stand, we create an environment. We create an environment of worship now. We're going to close the service in just a few moments. By standing together, we're, we're, we're just going to pause before God. And we're going to, our brother's going to lead us in worship. There are men here. You have an incredibly good wife. You have God's reminding you. Maybe you've overlooked that. Maybe you've not understood. And uh, you're going to say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to bless her. I'm going, to, I'm going to honor her and thank God for her. And, and uh, uh, there are others here. There are wives here, mothers here. And the enemy has sapped you of your worth and, and assaulted your mind. And God has restored you today. There are young women here. Uh, women say, I want, to, I want to show my femininity. I might not be married, but I have a femininity. I have an ability. I have a power within me to help others. Uh, these altars are open. Uh, whatever need you have to find a place to pray. You're a Christian. You want to talk to God about your soul and life. Uh, these altars are open. Why don't you come find a place to pray as others uh, are worshiping God. Uh, come find a place to talk to the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bless these.
the veil stole before you silenced the ghost of sin and pain the heavens are roaring the praise of your glory and for you side note, uh, Salvatore, I'm going to pray God blesses you. Just pray that God blesses you and uh, ministers to you. Amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads together. I want to ask the Lord's blessing as we dismiss. James Bazella, if you'd ask the Lord's blessing and uh, you encourage one another, be a blessing to one another and uh, you'll have a great service tonight. Come back uh, 6.30 for the service at 5.30 prayer. Brother James.